0: Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those many, many tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters usually end up finding themselves in like, is running away to your late husband's parents' farm really the best escape plan? Or should you really be in a relationship If you fancy your boyfriend's brother. Get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Now, before I get started, I want to share a top tip to really enhance your Home and Away viewing. And that is no spoilers. I can't tell you how much of a game changer it is. Just when the episode ends, press pause. Don't look at what's coming up next. Don't read spoilers online. Try it for one week and see how you get on. But it will definitely change your viewing experience to the max. It's honestly the best trick in the book. And also, before I get started, I want to share that I was on the Dermot and Dave show on Today FM that is on Mondays Fridays from 9 till 12. And I chatted to Dave all about the podcast, some favourite scandals, stars made it to Hollywood. And you can listen back to that bonus episode whenever you wish. Well, it was quite an explosive start to the week now, I must say. We have the lippy, spicy amber bursting onto the scene, leaving a lot of people in her wake, a punched Colby being one of them. But when she first came into SALT and alludes, to put it politely, to the fact that um, Dean and herself has some history, it forces Dean to tell Ziggy about his past with Amber, that he'd just come out of prison and his thing with Willow had kind of fizzled out and he just kind of wanted to be with someone. And Ziggy gets all uppity about it. But then I just love now we're seeing a bit of teeth from Dean because he's like, oh, how's a divorce going? And it's like, well, you can't really be jealous because you are a married woman at the end of the day, Ziggy. So I am glad that he is starting to show his teeth a bit more. And push back on Ziggy because she does get away with a lot. And um, so, and I think it's nice that he's doing it in a joke way and that is great. Anyway, back to Amber. She sees Colby on the beach and gives him one hell of a punch. I actually kind of laughed. I thought the swing back of her punch was like, Whoa! It's like, why I oughta? um And... I suppose that's the, the home and away reaction. So the backstory to that is while this storyline never featured in the show, it's a storyline that Colby entered in on the show that he kind of had this dark past. So one night, Colby was in the car with Dean and Jai and they're chasing Ross, but they end up getting into an accident and Colby flees the scene to try chase Bella and Ross. So he has this choice between his sister and or his friends. He flees the scene and then Dean ends up going to prison for the accident. Maybe they were on the run from something, from committing a crime or maybe they were speeding. Anyway, Dean goes to jail for this and Jai ends up dying from the accident vis-a-vis Amber not being Colby's biggest fan because he just fled the scene. And he had to continue a search for Bella so he couldn't go to jail. So Dean took the fall for Colby. So anyway, story of this punch up gets around despite Colby trying to put a lid on it. One of the leaks being Ryder, who I just love his surfing outfit is a wetsuit. Nobody else wears a wetsuit. Bar Ryder, I find that strange. And Or just so classically Ryder, a bit like the ore on his, on his phone cover. The tie-dye phone cover with the ore on it, which you have such an issue with which we'll get to later, but it is good. This bit with Amber is kind of good for Ziggy and Dean because it's brought up the fact that Ziggy knows nothing about Dean's past and Dean opens up saying Amber was part of the worst time of my life and there is no history, like you're no need to be jealous. Ha ha ha, go get a divorce. (laughs) But anyway, the news of the punch up gets around. Bella finds out, bit of a face off. In the surf club, love a good face off in the surf club. So I I just feel like for as mouthy as Amber is, John points out to her that like you can't really hide from anyone here. You like, you know, if you're not getting on with someone, they're going to find you and try sort it out. So Amber is served with a whole host of people. Colby does it twice, Bella, Willow and Dean. So it kind of forces Amber to think about things differently. I do love the relationship and the dynamic between John and Amber. Obviously, John loves a good gossip sesh. So when he gets one in the gym to distract her from training him, he's all in. And while he is terribly annoying. He is a good one for advice. And I think, are they like the man and woman version of each other in a way? Because you have like, they're both mouthy. They don't take no messing from nobody. It's almost as if like Amber is his like long lost daughter or something. I do really appreciate them. And also when John fires her, she refuses to be fired. Sorry, back to the issue at hand though. I do appreciate why Amber is so annoyed. And even though Colby says he's sorry, he's not looking for forgiveness, but he is kind of hammering the point of like, I had to save my sister. And she's like, you chose to walk away. So you can understand why she'd be a bit cagey on any of this and why she'd probably be regretting that she had hounded John for this new job. But I don't understand. So Willow said that like soon after the accident, her family did a runner. They went off the radar. They weren't on socials anymore and they completely kind of went off the grid. So for Amber to be annoyed that they're all friends with Colby without really knowing any of the facts is a bit strange and I don't really know why she'd be all uppity about that. But anyway, no entrance into Home and Away is ever that smooth sailing so there has to be a bit of grit before they slot into real life. But with a good old phone switcheroo trick from Mr. John Palmer, it kind of forces Amber back to the scene of the crime and he's trying to get her to talk to Dean or Willow or anyone just to kind of, kind of try sort things out. But I think the real key turn happens with Dean. So he's kind of been able to say to her, no one could have predicted what happened. And Colby's the one who has to live with it. But you can either choose to carry it and live in the past. But how's that working out for you? and fair play to you Dean that's a fabulous point now in true home and away fashion they never like dwelling on the past they always have to move forward maybe it's an Aussie thing I don't know but it does get her to think things differently and after this then comes a chat with Colby being like I don't expect you to forgive me I don't expect anything just know that I'm sorry but you don't have to hate the others now the only person though who I think there's unfinished business with is Bella they kind of leave things a bit on a bit of a I'd say they have one or two more conversations to get with because they're look, they're both sisters who love their brothers very much. So I feel there's unfinished business there. But anyway, Amber takes Colby's advice in Don't Hate the Others and she has a gal's night out in Salt. I just love when there's these going out scenes or people getting a bit crunk and having a good time and loosening up. Like, you know, there's a lot of like gym scenes and beaches and surfing. But like we've rarely get the old going out. So loving what Amber is bringing to the table here. And um, I just love how much Willow let her hair down. Drunk Willow is amazing and the way she's like oh let's not wind it down let's wind it up just very good and we haven't seen that side of Willow in so long so anyway I just love seeing Willow with her hair down it's very funny I also love how they incorporated Zig Zig Ah when talking to Ziggy how has nobody used that nickname before no it's not the David Bowie caricature it's a Spice Girls reference maybe That's what she was named after, who knows. And she's just so gassed, slagging them out their medieval sound system and feeling like her old self. So I'm delighted because of all the crap she's had to go through with Jasmine, I'm glad that she could just, you know, blow off some steam and have some fun. So that is great. Because there's definitely a clash of the titans coming between the two Parada brothers, Tane and Ari. But I also do sense another clash of the titans coming between Mac and Amber. They don't exactly start on the right foot. So Mac's crush on Tane is becoming more and more obvious. She's perving on him when he's having a shower after a swim and... Tane definitely knows how to get a reaction because I think he senses Max kind of fed upness with Amber and Willow having their gals night out. She sends in Tane to calm them down, but Tane's like, "Oh no no, I can do you one better. I can t- remove one of the <laughs> one of the pieces of the puzzle." And how bold on his first night, taking Amber home, leaving his shift early. And um, he's clearly doing it to get a reaction. Mac finds out. And then I mean, they have this weird moment at the fridge. But obviously, OK, so the next day, Mac has within a right to be annoyed. But the passive aggression, just say it out. Like you're very direct. Like the jibes she's thrown on him at breakfast. Oh, are you missing something? Oh, you're such a role model. Can you even remember a name? All this stuff. But I think Tane knows that it's working because he catches Max spying on him and Amber having a chat and it's a good ploy to get her to get jealous. It is very good. And I also think like he's doing it maybe out of a broken heart because he, I think there is a genuine graw for Mac and it must be hard when your brother's with him and they're like slobbering all over each other at the breakfast table that must be a bit hard but pause for appreciation of Tanney's new haircut oh my god I was like whoa I really fancy Tanne this week and I couldn't really figure out why it's a much sharper hairdo it's co- totally opened up his face I am absolutely loving it I do think he's too muscly he looks a little bit like blown up But God, that hairdo has changed everything. Oh, really, really fancy him now. Damn it. But anyway, I do think, though, leaving your first shift to go have sex with a customer is definitely a fireable offence. And but I think Mac is like being so ratty and telling him off all the time, like that whole thing with the mocktails like either just give out to him and be done with it but like constantly being annoyed and not saying why you're annoyed is a bit annoying anyway it's just more and more obvious how much she fancies him Bella even figures it out she's dead right saying don't mess that family around and obviously Bella's protective in her own nature and fiercely loyal so it's advice anyone would give someone who's going out with someone and fancying the brother Ugh. Tanny asks her for lunch and then she harnesses this lust for him and channels it into this afternoon delight with Ari and then comes back being like, yeah, he makes me really happy. It's like, you're not feeling no one, Mac. No one. rattle through a few smaller storylines that we had this week. Starting off with Marilyn and John. So Marilyn starts the week off feeling trapped and Leah's like, oh maybe John is just digging his heels in to keep you around. And then they can't get another carer because he's basically kicked every one of those out. But luckily for everyone Amber barges back into John's life and refuses to accept her sacking. Which is great. But then Marilyn then has to adjust to not having a job, saying like, oh, change is hard. And I think she feels a bit lost or rudderless or something. She went from being as like full-time care to nothing. But what annoys me is like, you've asked for this and now you're kind of refusing to go home and feeling like a stranger and constantly thinking you're a burden. And it's just, you feel like now you've like no job to do and you're not needed. So kind of where does that leave you? But that's something that you wanted. You can't say you feel trapped and then say, oh, I want to feel wanted because that just doesn't make any sense. Side note, when Dean and Ziggy bring John home and Dean and John have this like very energetic spot at the house and John is so overtly mean to Dean and only kind of referring to any kind of help that came from Ziggy and I never knew there's just such like fun tension between the two of them I haven't seen them converse in a long time and I just really really enjoyed the sassy nature to that conversation it was very good and then we have Bella and Nick and their budding romance Nick has Bella over for a date night and he's cooking this big meal it turns out it was soup (laughs) I just I just love a sweet potato soup. It deserves a slagging, it honestly really does. And I just love Tane's like, yeah, my nephew goes all out. Bit of soup for you, Bella. he's actually quite funny. And he was kind of from all angles, really good. Ari was even throwing them in some very good. But their day gets ruined by Amber and Tane, of course. Which so obviously dire so obviously Nick is in dire need for some help because he goes to Ryder for advice which in turn gets even more slagging which is so so funny it's like while Ryder plans this like beautifully over romantic date it just does not fit either of them their personality or kind of what normal dating would mean like Mac would love that date but Bella not so much and I think Nick's just he gets very like irrational when he gets a bit anxious or he gets a bit impulsive, shall we say. So um, I really enjoyed the joke that's played on Ryder. He should—he was deservedly, I th- he was so innocent. Like he thought he did a great job, but I kind of wish they all jumped in the water. But anyway, yes, speaking of Ryder, while it was a funny slaggy start to the week, it ended up being a sad one because he arrives home to, to Evan's guitar and Rue's bags, which means that his dad Evan has passed away. So he kind of spends the rest of the week kind of coming to terms with that. Quite the silent storyline in him watching the videos of his dad on the beach, throws his phone, yes the phone cover with the oar on it, so classically Ryder, throws it into the water and then like rushes back to get it and then sa- miraculously saves it. But I it just felt like that that was going to be a storyline that he's lost all this stuff about his dad. But nobody finds out about it and he secretly saves his own phone and then order is restored. I just thought that was very pointless but yeah he's kind of handling it a bit funny because one moment he's playing the guitar the next he's talking about the funeral and but then he's still going to TAFE so I feel like he's getting it's going to take him a while to get his head around this whole thing and even like the the shock of suddenly finding out you have a dad then the shock of him having a terminal illness and then the shock in which he left so that's that's a lot for someone to take in so we'll see how that one pans out When Home Away characters go and do runners sometimes it's forever and you just find out later that they're gone forever or... Sometimes you kind of have a feeling that they're going to come back. With the Jasmine storyline for a few days, I kind of thought, oh, she's fully gone. Then I kind of got a hunch because they kept talking about it. Willow's like furiously texting her and Irene's calling her loads and getting more and more angry. So I was kind of like, okay, she's coming back. And especially when they mentioned the Shaw's being Robbo's parents. So, of course, they're left in the dark. We just have Jasmine being like, hello, I want to be a little farm girl. And Wendy and Ian are asking, no questions, obviously sensing that she's running from something. But when the gang back in Summer Bay find out that she's on, from a reluctant Justin and protective Justin, they find out that she's on compassionate leave from work. She hasn't left. But this only spurs on Tori's worry, despite the fact that she's gotten the AVO and despite the fact that Justin is like, you are absolutely on your own. Don't call me not supportive. I've been through this with you from day one. I'm only trying to protect you. So and you would be like blue in the face with the Tory and Jasmine dynamic because Justin will only ever be on Tory's side. He's never going to be on Jasmine's side. And so anyway, Jasmine comes up with this grand plan of, yeah, I'm just going to live here. I'm so much happier here. Why haven't I thought of this? Which is happening in tandem or in parallel with Tori wanting to go up to the farm, but Colby and Irene stepping in going, no, no, we should go. So they arrive to the farm, get a warm welcoming from the Shaws but not exactly from Jasmine so we are on a cliffhanger for next week and so Jasmine blasting off being like I'm fine why are you here you're making me look crazy I'm trying to get away and you guys won't leave me alone you've no idea what I'm feeling and they're like well we do so I am very much looking forward to what's coming up next week the Jasmine storyline is a favourite of mine but truth and time shall tell all can't wait to see where it goes Okay, so that about wraps it up for me this week. If you like what you hear, I'd love if you could subscribe, rate and or review if you have a second, but no pressure. If you want to get in touch, you can email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. That bonus episode where I chat to Dave from Dermot Dave on Today FM is in the episode before this. If you want to go and have a listen. And don't forget about the no spoilers. Just try for one little week and see. I'm telling you, it's a total game changer. Just don't look at the episode descriptions. Don't see what's coming up tomorrow on Home and Away, and next week on Home and Away. I'm telling you, I know how tempting it is, but it is so worth it. G'day, and I'll talk to you next week.